Kings chapter number 18. Love, love that song, and I uh, hope you're, uh, you're in, amen. And, uh, and that, if that was uh, sung at Fellowship Meeting in the South, there'd be people running around the aisles and, right. and, uh, and throwing, throwing hankies and everything else. And, uh, and uh, I know it's not that way every place, but um, uh, what was uh, one of my favorite preachers before he said, Baptists are uh, as dry as cracker juice. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and I, I believe that. And uh, we're dry, dry. And, uh, but that's all right. I hope you believe that. I hope that was a blessing. Thank you for that song, Miss Chanel. Uh, let's go back to First Kings chapter number 18. And uh, as uh, Brother Beckham uh, was preaching uh, this, uh, one thing I wanted to point out and, uh, <clears throat> as well, because we'll be in the actual prayer uh, that he was praying as God consumed the altar. Uh, but uh, when I think of the power of God uh, in what we need uh, from him to just live day by day, as we live in dark times, it's frustrating and discouraging. Uh, and, uh, and really, uh, it's all about perspective. Uh, you're living your life. Uh, but how you view yourself, uh, how you view, uh, of course, your past uh, and future, uh, all determine how you respond to things in the present. Uh, and, uh, and to not get into all of that, we are um, just passing through. Uh, heaven's our home. If you're saved, uh, you're a heavenly citizen. You're a citizen here. Everything is for just a, a vapor. It's just a short time. Uh, the Bible declares that to us. We know that. Um, but we struggle uh, reconciling uh, that truth uh, with our lives and how we, we behave. So we're, we're ever filled with worry, uh, we're, we're stressed out, we just don't know what you know, is going to happen, uh, and we get out of focus. Uh, from We take our eyes off of God, we put it on the things down here, uh, and we get, uh, we get bummed out. Uh, and that's not what God intends for us. And so it's all about, it's all about how we view uh, truth and what's real. And, uh, and so God is real, heaven is real, hell is real, uh, the Lord's coming back. Uh, we are uh, pilgrims uh, and we, are, uh, we have a job that God wants us to do. We're running the race, uh, as I preached recently. Uh, but, but here, Elijah is a, a wonderful testament to the power of God. But he's also, unfortunately, uh, a, an example of, of a man completely in the flesh uh, and discouraged. And as I was reading this thing, and we'll just, we'll just touch on a couple of things here and then go back uh, to the beginning part. Um, remember, he calls all the prophets in. We, we read that as part of our text. Uh, and then he's challenging them. He's actually challenged several people. Uh, he's challenged Obadiah. Uh, and we'll see that in the beginning part. Uh, and he was a man of God, but he was a compromising man of God. And when confronted, he's like, hey, didn't you, didn't you hear how I hid 50 guys in a cave from Jezebel? And, and then, you know, um, Elijah just basically, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, it didn't really matter uh, what he said. And then, of course, he's challenging Ahab. Uh, and then uh, a challenge to all the people of God uh, that we see with the question about how uh, long uh, halt she between uh, two opinions, and uh, which is going to be the main thought. Uh, but as uh, he, uh, all those prophets of Baal, they gathered up their things, and the Bible says, if you look in verse number twenty-nine, and this is after he mocked them, 
You know, is he on a, is he on a, a journey, and et cetera? Is he pursuing? Is, is, your, is your God Baal? Is he asleep? And I, and I love uh, the, um, the weapon of sarcasm <laughs> uh, that he's put here. And, uh, and again, the Bible is the Word of God, and every jot, every tittle uh, in the Word of God is true, and we are not to change it. And there are some versions of the Bible that say stuff like, where is your God? Is he a sitting on the toilet? Uh, and, uh, you know, so there, there are uh, uh, just very ridiculous uh, translations uh, that are out there. So he, uh, he, they dress it. They're, they're crying out to God. They are, they're cutting themselves. They're doing stuff because they are wicked. Uh, and they worship Baal, uh, who is a, a fertility god. They believe that, uh, that Baal, uh, and this is the height the height of Baal worship in Israel is right here. Uh, and we know all the way through the Old Testament, there'd be like good kings, bad kings. And there's some that say they did uh, right in the sight of the Lord, uh, but they didn't get rid of this. They're, they're like one foot in heaven, one foot in hell. Uh, and, and we see that example over and over in the Bible. And God knows that that's just how we are as human beings. And so he has to put things in the Bible for us to understand that we can't do that. You can't, uh, you can't be a, a half-baked uh, Christian. Uh, you, you, can't be, you, know, uh, you can't be like that. Um, some Christians think that they can be. Uh, so uh, like they're an exception to the rule, but it is impossible uh, for you to serve God and mammon. So Obadiah, Obadiah was doing that. Uh, and... Uh, so he calls them in there, and the Bible says in verse 29, uh, And it came to pass, when midday was past, that they prophesied until the time of the offering, the evening sacrifice. Uh, and uh, there was no voice. Uh, of course, they're praying to a God that's no God, uh, and nothing happened. But it was that evening, it was the time of the evening sacrifice. Now, I want you to look over verse number 36. The Bible says, And it came to pass at the time of the, e- of the, sacrifice, of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near, uh, and, uh, and he has this prayer. So, so you had uh, 24 hours, in my opinion, that had passed from the time that the prophets of Baal um, failed, uh, and then uh, Elijah calling down uh, the fire from God that consumed the altar. But notice what happened, verse 30. It says, Elijah came when the people come near unto me. All the people came near unto him. So, um, all the people that were there, not everybody in Israel was there, but there's a, a great score of people, 850 prophets of Baal uh, and Ahab and Obadiah, and it's a whole bunch of people, and he said, bring them near. And so if you can imagine in your mind, they all kind of gather, and then he gets, he gets to working. And the Bible says that he, verse 30, he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. So all these people are there, and they've gathered watch, and so he's, he's working on, and I don't know all that was involved with that, but um, there's a lot of things he needed to fix, and it, take, it takes time uh, to do all of that. And then it says, verse 31, And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob. Uh, and so he had to go get, gather 12 stones. He just got done, however long that took, rebuilding the altar. Then he gathered the stones uh, together to make this memorial, built an altar in the name of the Lord. And then it says in verse 32, he made a trench about the altar uh, as great as would contain two measures of seed. So he built the altar, uh, rebuilt it, gathered the stones, to put on the altar, and then he dug a huge trench, uh, and it gives us that measurement. And then he put the wood in order. And then he cut the bullock in pieces 
and laid him on the wood. And so if you've ever butchered a critter, uh, you know that that takes some time. So now he, he gathers the wood and he, he prepares and cuts the bullock in piece and does that. And now he kind of, he gets a little bit of help and he said, fill four barrels of water and poured on the burnt sacrifice. And he said, do it again second time and do it the third time. And the water ran about the altar and filled up the, the, the trench uh, the, that he had dug that would contain two measures of seed. So it filled everything up. Everything was drenched around it uh, and in it. Uh, and, then, uh, and then he called them together and he prayed. He did all that. And then at the, at the end of all of that, so he's been working like a dog for 24 hours. And, uh, and there have been people, and it's in my opinion, it takes a long time. Uh, and it gives us some indication, this is the time of day, this is the time of day. So I'm just assuming that, you know, it's 24 hours. Uh, these people are watching, and these are people, um, even the children of Israel, because Elijah was a prophet, and he prophesied three and a half years, no rain. They were all suffering from a drought, and they probably weren't too happy uh, with Elijah. And uh, so he invites them to come. And so all that takes place, and we'll, we'll preach on that tonight. Uh, and then the Bible says that he, verse 40, Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, let not any of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down uh, to the brook Kishon and slew them there. So all that work, all that time, uh, and then he slays 850 prophets. That's pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, it says, uh, Ahab went up to eat to drink, and Elijah, verse 42, at the top of Mount Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth, uh, and, uh, and he was ready, waiting for rain. He's asking, is it coming, is it coming, is it coming? Uh, and then finally, uh, his, uh, his servant says, I see a cloud in the distance. He's like, all right, it's on. And uh, the rain's coming. And then the Bible says that Ahab got in his chariot and rode to Jezreel. Uh, but notice what it says in verse 46. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. So God was on him after he had done all that stuff, killed 850, uh, slew him uh, of that. And then he, he girds up his loins. What that was is they would take their, uh, the bottom of their robe, they'd put it up, and they'd gird it in so that they can run. Uh, and he ran and beat Ahab to the gate of Jezreel. He was in a chariot. He ran. And it was like 90 to 100 miles away. And so, I mean, you know, you marathon runners, big deal. Uh, you know, uh, Elijah just ran, you know, four of them. Uh, and uh, after he had been up all night uh, and working hard. Uh, and so he gets there to, to, to Jezreel. And then chapter number 19, Ahab tells Jezebel, uh, blah, 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 Elijah, uh, prophets. And uh, she's like, I'm going to kill that guy. And then he journeys, a day's journey from Jezreel, uh, and uh, where we find him under the juniper tree. Uh, but here's my point in all of that. Um, with the power of God and the hand of God on his life, he did a lot of awesome stuff. Uh, but the minute he gets self-focused and self-centered and in the flesh, he's like, I want to die. Um, there's nobody but me. Uh, and, and it's a testament to our human nature. And we're just like that. God does miracles and great things in our life, and we're excited about God. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed or whatever, or something, something happens, and you forget about all the good stuff that God had just done. I mean, that was amazing, amazing stuff. If, if, I, if I could run like a mile 
uh, I would be like, this is a miracle from God. Uh, in, in, in God's strength, I ran a mile. Uh, but he ran 90 to 100 miles uh, after all that. Are you with me? So you say you're reading into that. I'm just saying it said even at the time of the offering and then at, and then at the time of the offering. And a lot of stuff took place. Uh, and everybody was watching everything else. And by the way, uh, when he told them, uh, why halt you between two opinions? Uh, it was after all of that and the fire came down. But I think it had, it had much to do with the, the fire of God. But everything that they had seen uh, in, in that course of time. And they said, okay, yes, God is God. Uh, and we find that later in the chapter. Uh, and so power of God, great things. In your flesh, there's no good thing. Uh, and uh, we, have to, we have to guard our own spirits and, and, uh, and control them. And, and by the way, you're in control of it. If, if, I make, if, if you get mad today uh, from my preaching, it isn't because I made you mad. It's, that's your response to what is said here. You have to control your own spirit. Uh, and uh, and uh, I'm not in charge of that. You're in charge of that. Uh, and a lot is said about you know, uh, who we are in Christ. Um, we live in a self-esteem culture where it's, it's, everybody is consumed with self. Um, but by the way, the, the, the key to, good, to high self-esteem is high self-control. Uh, and um, that's why you, like, if you're on your diet and, when, and, you start, and you keep your diet, you feel good about yourself. So you feel good because you've controlled yourself. And when we think uh, it's about me, I don't have to have self-control. I turn the grace of God into lasciviousness and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, and somehow I'm going to feel better about myself, but you don't. So if you want to feel better about yourself, you obey the Lord. Uh, you practice self-control. You put your body under subjection. Uh, and, uh, and you tell uh, your ego uh, no. Uh, and, uh, and there's much to be said in Elijah's life. Uh, and again, some of you, if you're not saved, you'll be able to ask them about this story during the tribulation period. Uh, and, uh, but I hope, hopefully, I believe that if you're saved, uh, that you're not going to go through the tribulation period, all right, that you're raptured out. Uh, but if you're not, uh, there's two witnesses and 144,000 Jews that are going to be preaching the kingdom of God is at hand, and you're going to have to endure during that tribulation period. And, uh, and so hopefully, uh, you say, you're scaring me. Uh, I don't necessarily mean to scare you. It's just the truth of God's word. Uh, you've got to be born again. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of end time stuff uh, to come. And by the way, uh, if the Lord came back today, uh, the, earth, the earth is not going to dry up uh, for another 1,007 years. All right. And, uh, and so uh, let's uh, not do electric cars and all that kind of stuff uh, and burn fossil fuels till, uh, till the Lord comes back. Amen. And uh, so back in chapter number 17, chapter number 17, just briefly, uh, in, a, in verse number one, I, I, you know, he prayed in verse number one, Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according uh, to my word. And by the way, at this point, God tells him, you go hide yourself uh, at Cherith. Uh, in chapter number 18, he's, he's like, go, go show yourself to the king. So we know that he said there's going to be uh, a, uh, a drought. There's going to be no rain. And it's important to know that because the two opinions uh, that, uh, that Israel had were hinged on this in part uh, because of, of their worship of Baal. And again, it was at a peak time. It was, it was super prevalent. And so you had people, they worshiped, they worshiped God 
uh, and they also, they also worship Baal. Uh, but God said, you shall have no other gods before me. So the idol worship and everything, and it's in Balaam, it's a plural, so there, are, there were multiple gods that they were worshiping, uh, and, uh, and I'll explain a little bit about that here uh, in a second. So he says, uh, there's going to be no rain for three and a half years. Then we have the story of, the, uh, of him being by the brook where a raven fed him, and then the, the widow of Zarephath where, uh, where, where he was sustained through her and wonderful accounts of, of, uh, in Scripture for us, and uh, a a point or a lesson or an application that we should be right where God wants us to be. When we're in the center of God's will, that's the place of God's providence and, and His power. Uh, and uh, you got to be there. If you're at that brook Cherith, the ravens are going to feed you there. And there's a widow woman in Zarephath who's going to feed you there. Be where God wants you to be. I don't think that every person in the world should be a member of, uh, of, of Berean Baptist Church. But if but if you should if this should be your church and you need to be at your church, uh, and uh, but if it's another church, be there, uh, whatever it is, and uh, and uh, and so we have that account uh, in chapter number seventeen as we get into chapter number eighteen. Now uh, you may be wondering what exactly is Baal uh, worship. So Baal uh, was the uh, the the god. Uh, the idol of uh, the Canaanites and Phoenicia. In fact, God to his, to his children, Israel, uh, said to not take unto them the God of the Canaanites. So God told them, stay away from uh, that. And of course, we know uh, they're uh, marrying people from different places and their gods were, uh, and uh, just the whole mess. And by the way, every single problem that we have in the world today is because of disobedience uh, to God and the will of God and the plan of God. Um, it's all a spiritual war uh, and, uh, that we're having, everything from Islam to Christianity, to everything is Abraham and Sarah and Hagar uh, and, uh, and whose son's first and whose land is it. Uh, and it's all spiritual uh, and it's because, because everything's about God and His plan. Uh, it's not secular. Uh, so the practice of Baal worship um, infiltrated the, the Jews um, through the course of time. We read about it in Judges chapter number 3. Uh, it became widespread uh, in the reign of, uh, of Ahab. You can read about that more in chapter number 16 uh, if you want to. And uh, it affected uh, Judah. So the word Baal means Lord, uh, and uh, the plural is Balaam. Uh, and as I mentioned a little bit ago, Baal was the uh, fertility god who they believed uh, would would enable them to to produce uh, enough crops to feed their families and to produce children. So they worship Baal, a fertility god that's going to bless their land uh, and uh, and and produce children. So and different religions worship Baal different ways uh, because uh, Baal was a very uh, adaptable god. You just kind of uh, worshipped him the way that you would want. So some people. Um, you know, worshiped him as a fire god. Uh, and Brother Beckham pointed that out uh, as he preached to us the other day. Uh, so um, uh, there's a lot of mythology and everything else, but um, it was, uh, there were several other kind of offshoots of that. The Canaanites worshiped Baal as the sun god uh, and as the storm god, uh, and he uh, was usually depicted as somebody holding a lightning bolt, uh, and he defeated the enemies uh, and, and produced crops and gave them children. So what was happening was that the children of Israel were, were attributing their um, prosperity 
the fertility of the ground to, to Baal, and then everything else to God. But here's the problem with that. Both Baal and both God um, claim uh, the same territory. Uh, and so you can't, you can't say you ser- serve Baal because he's going to give you good crops and you, love the, and you serve God um, for life and, uh, and, uh, and everything else. Uh, it, is, it is something that cannot be done. Uh, so the priests of Baal appealed to their, their God in chapter number 18, uh, which included loud and um, they're crying, they're cutting themselves, self-inflicted injury. And by the way, if you uh, were to observe and see other religions, and um, there's still a lot of that kind of stuff that, that goes on. Uh, and uh, self-harm and cutting and all this kind of stuff and uh, flogging, flogging themselves uh, to, uh, to inflict pain. And uh, some in places around the world that burn themselves to death like Buddhists. Uh, and uh, they're, by, they're not, you know, peace and rainbows and butterflies. Uh, it, is, it is a false religion. Uh, and in those countries, uh, they're killing Christians. Uh, and, uh, and it is, it is um, um, you know, so when somebody says, you know, I've, I'm, a, I'm a Buddhist, uh, your friend, whatever, they're going to the Buddhist temple and um, understand that they're learning a lot of things uh, that are not good. Uh, and it's not about, all about meditation and everything else. There's a wicked background to all of that. Uh, and, uh, and, and God, by the way, he says, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, so it's, it's not everybody is going to the same place and going different ways. False religion is not benign. Uh, it is, it is, there is truth, uh, and there's the, the truth of the Word of God. Uh, there is one God, uh, and, uh, and there are no other gods. Uh, he's, that's not something that, as a Hindu, would place uh, them with all the rest of their gods. He is God, uh, and big G, uh, and not little G God. Uh, and God said, we are not have any little G gods before him. So uh, the children of Israel uh, were worshiping uh, the sun god, the god of the, of the storms, uh, and, and, and giving sacrifice uh, to, uh, to Baal so that he would bless their crops and, and, and bless their, their land uh, and, uh, and that he would make them. In fact, God told children of Israel to multiply and replenish the earth. Um, God gives life. Uh, children are a heritage of the Lord. Uh, and before he forms us in the belly, the Bible says he, he knows us. Uh, and so there's no fertility God. Uh, there is God, Jehovah God, uh, and he is the giver of life and the taker of life. Uh, and it's appointed unto man once to die, the Bible says, and after that, uh, judgment. So uh, the, in chapter number 17, uh, uh, we have... Uh, th- that aspect uh, of why the, uh, the drought was there. It was basically God saying, I control the rain. I control your crops. And so for three and a half years, uh, it was tough. Uh, and it hadn't rained. And, and it gets us into chapter number 18. And he says, And it came to pass after many days, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself to Abraham. He said, Hide thyself in 17. Go show thyself in chapter number 18. And he calls Obadiah, uh, and he was the governor of uh, of Ahab, uh, and he was uh, two-faced, um, serving God and mammon. Uh, and, and, uh, and so he said, I need you to take a message to Ahab. And he says, time out. 
Um, I, I, you, I, I had hid people in caves, and now you're going to want me to go before him, uh, and uh, he's gonna, uh, he is going to slay me. Uh, and that was in verse number 14. Uh, well, back at verse 13. Uh, was it not told my Lord, uh, Elijah, what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I hid an hundred men of the Lord's prophets by 50 in the cave and fed them with bread and water? Uh, let me say this. Um, what, you've did, what you've done for God in the past, for the right reason or for the wrong reason, is the past. Uh, we are responsible to serve God now. We can't, we can't live on uh, the past. We are saved. We have assurance because of the once-for-all sacrifice that God made for us on the cross of Calvary, but we're supposed to be pressing towards the mark, forgetting those things which are past, and we're going on. Um, uh, the, my past is forgiven, uh, and, uh, and everything that I've done for God in the past 35 years, it's, it's in the past. Uh, and and uh, remember I said it's all about perspective, uh, and, I, and I'll just let you in a little bit. Um, I feel like uh, for pastors, it's, it's, it's easier to say, you know, you ought to serve God and live for God. And you might even think that, well, it's easy for you because you're a pastor. I mean, that's what you do. Uh, I work a job 40 hours here or 50, 60 hours and, and this and that and the other. Uh, but here's, it, it, but it, I, can, I work for the Lord uh, as a minister, if I can put it that way for just a moment, uh, and, and spend time in the Word of God, preparing messages, and serving people, ministering to people, doing all that. And in uh, every single day of my life, I feel like I'm not doing enough. So, so and it isn't because I'm working my way to heaven. God saved me, yeah. cleansed me, and saved me, and I'm a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Uh, and, uh, and so I live by the faith that the Son of God loved me and, 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 and saved me, uh, and, uh, and, I, and I work because I'm saved, uh, but I feel like I can never repay God uh, for what I've done, and I feel like I have a perspective uh, of, of heaven uh, and who I am on this earth, and I'm confessing to you that every day of my life, I feel like I'm not doing enough for my Lord. And so I have to think that people who aren't in Christian full-time service may struggle with the same thoughts. But, it, but a lot worse uh, because it's like I can't, I can't find time for God. i got to work my job and this and that, whatever. It all comes down. The, the bottom line is our lives should be about God 24-7. He needs to be first. He needs the preeminence in our life, um, but we don't live that way. We live like Obadiah. Uh, we, we, worship, we worship mammon uh, and money, uh, and we spend, you know, the vast majority of our life working jobs to earn money, maybe trying to save some and invest some or whatever uh, to, so that we can live the ending days of our life uh, and not change our lifestyle or whatever. We've saved, we call that retirement. Uh, and, and that's, that's the, the basic brass tacks of the life of most people. You, you dig the ditch to get the money, to buy the food, to get the strength to dig the ditch. And then you die, uh, and uh, you'll either be honorably, honorably remembered or not. You may leave a legacy. Your legacy could be children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren. But, um, but um, we live a life of regret because all we did was, you know, live and, and eat. Uh, and there's a part of God says to do that. Please don't misunderstand. But our perspective isn't right. God is not first in our life. We are first. Uh, and, it is, and it's evidenced by... Um, uh, the things that we do, the things that we say, the things that we purchase. Uh, and uh, when God says, lay up treasures in heaven uh, and not on the earth. So we believe that. 
but, but we behave and we do something entirely different. We're more like Obadiah. Uh, we're more like Ahab. We're more like Israel, uh, who is, uh, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give God my Sundays, but I'm going to give Baal my Monday through Saturdays. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to show up on Wednesday. I'm going to give them, you know, or uh, whatever. Uh, we, and, but I'm going to worship um, my job, and I'm going to worship sports. And again, I love, I love sports. Uh, and, and, I, and I love those things, but uh, anything can become an idol to us. Um, our families can even be that. God instituted the family. That is true. And I'm supposed to love my wife, love my children, raise them, and I have a responsibility to them to, to provide for them, all of that. God has ordained the family. But think about how often uh, we as Christians um, excuse away our lack of dedication to God because of our family. And, and we do that because we think there's merit behind it and we can't argue against it. Uh, but um, um, God didn't intend for you uh, to live your life uh, and, uh, and to raise your children, to just chauffeur them around to everything under the sun and that everything revolves around, uh, around them. Um, the, we, we are to, it's, it's something different. God needs to be first place. We're more like that. And so he it brings us back down uh, to the question in my one uh, main point uh, here today. Uh, he says, Gather the prophets, in verse number 19, 850. Ahab sent all the, uh, unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. They all gathered up, and he asks them one big question. He says, how long halt ye between two opinions? He said, you can't have it both ways, children of Israel. He said, you've got to make a choice, and he gives them what the choice is. He says, if the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal... Then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. You know why that is? Because they, the, they know the answer. And that's how we get. I don't know how many times I've preached and I, I just like, you know, it's like a drop the mic moment. Like, boom. And it's like, and, and you answer not a word. There's no amens. There's, no, there's a lot of hard swallowing. <clears throat> Uh, and in uh, a lot of a lot of nervous, uh, you know, uh, ticks and a different stuff, you know, because when you get to a place where you, you get under stress and conviction, you got to act like you're not listening. Got to find something in your Bible look through your purse, and uh, but the person next to you knows you just got nailed, and and that's just how we are. It's our human nature. So he says, if God is God, then serve Him. If Baal is God, then you serve Him. No response. And so what they do? They watched as the Baal uh, worshipers and the prophets of the groves, they gathered up all their stuff and did their things, and they're crying, oh, God, uh, uh, Baal, do this, do this, this, and nothing happened. And they're like, well, guess it's time to go home. And uh, Elijah says, no, come here. And he makes them watch everything all that time. And then he prays, and the fire comes down, and they go, God is God. I'm going to serve him. So my challenge to us today as a church from this, uh, this account in the Bible, it's not a story, uh, it's a true event, something that took place, and it's in there for our learning, and it's profitable for us. Um, my question is, how long halt ye between two opinions? Some of you have been saved for decades and, and you're still, you still think you can serve God and mammon. 
Uh, the Bible says this. Let me give you some verse. You can write them down. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, verse number 5, elsewhere he says it multiple times in the Old Testament. He says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. That means all of it. That means, that means you, you love God and serve him with everything that you have. That means you give more effort uh, to, your, to your service uh, to God and your love for God than the effort that you expend in any other endeavor in your life. You say, I work hard at my job, work harder for God. Um, I, I am a, uh, I am a you know, class A, world-class athlete, work harder for God. You gotta, it says everything, everything. So if I was to ask a question right now, who in this room uh, would say, hand up to God, uh, it, God being your witness, that you give, your 100, you give 100% uh, of your life to God? Uh, if we were honest, not a person in this room could raise their hand, including me. Um, we, don't, we don't love God that way. We've, we've, we've relegated a portion of our life to God, but we not give. we're living sacrifices by Scripture. We understand and we know that, uh, that we are to live a cross-bearing life and to uh, end an exchanged life, and a crucified life, uh, but, but we, can't, we can't be bothered to come to revival meetings. We can't, we can't be bothered to, 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 to read our Bibles in, in, uh, in, in 90 days because there's, we, got, we got way too much stuff going on, Pastor. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm saying this to, uh, so that you understand, God's plan is for us to be all in uh, and, to, and to love him. He says this in Luke 16, no servant can serve two masters for either hate the one and love the other or else he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. He says the same thing in Matthew 6. He says, no man can serve two masters for either hate the one, love the other, else you hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. In 1 Corinthians 10, he says this, you cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of, the, uh, and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. Uh, uh, be not unequally out together uh, with unbelievers for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion uh, hath light with darkness? The answer is none. It can't. When you get saved and the Holy Spirit of God comes in you, He says He separated you unto Himself, uh, and uh, you are a peculiar people, uh, and that God, ha- your, His workmanship created in Christ, He's got a plan. Uh, and uh, and that, uh, that plan uh, should be understood and accepted as divine and authoritative, and it's what I'm supposed to be doing. And everything else, everything else gets um, uh, subordinated to that. Everything else is less. God is number one. Everything else, you cannot serve God uh, and mammon. So how long? Um, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold this opinion. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve Baal and serve God uh, until I've got this much money saved up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve Baal, and I'm going to serve God till, uh, till my kids graduate from high school. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, once I retire, Pastor, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna have all kinds of time to serve God. We, got lots of, we have a lot of retirees in our church, and they're not hanging out at the church all day working on stuff. They're retired. And uh, so my point is, how long? How long do we keep one foot in and one foot out? Uh, how, how long do we serve? If God's God, then serve him. If, ba- if Baal's God, uh, then serve him. And we don't, um, remember in Luke chapter number 16, it's like, go back to my brothers. 
And, and he says, if you don't learn from the law and the prophets, you're not gonna, you're not, he's not going to believe the one gets sent back from the dead. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, terribly misquoting that. And uh, it, God says, if you don't believe this, you're not going to believe. There'd be, I believe that there are Christians today that would sit there for 24 hours and watch Elijah build an altar uh, and, 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 and gather up stones uh, and, and cut the wood and, and butcher a bullock uh, and do all that work and call fire down from heaven. We'll go, that was awesome. And then, and then we would leave and just go right back to serving Baal. Um, God has given us the miracles already. And he's told us that we've got to serve him and him alone. So when I say, how long halt you? Um, you could say one of, the, one of the phrases today that people say, I was, I was today uh, years old when I figured uh, out this or whatever. And, uh, and it's just a way of saying, I didn't, I didn't know that all before, like some hack or whatever. All your life you lived and you didn't know you could cut an onion this way. And so I was today years old when I figured out how to cut an onion. If you just say, I was today years old when I decided uh, that I'm not going to be halted between the two opinions. That I'm going to serve God. God says, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. And I'm not saying quit your job and, uh, you know, stop playing, you know, softball or whatever uh, it is that you would do. But, but I'm just saying, ask yourself the question, is God before all of that? And if he isn't, um, then confess it to him. And, and it's not that God, God has the preeminence. He is sovereign God. He is Lord whether you recognize him to be Lord or not. Uh, he is God of your life, but he isn't, he's not going to make you follow him. Uh, we have to submit ourselves to him, the Holy Spirit, uh, and, uh, and, 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 follow, and follow after him. He didn't say, hey, you know, stop. He says, take up uh, your nets and follow uh, me. So I'll make you fishers of men. Uh, so today years old, when you decided, I'm going to stop vacillating between my life for God and my life in the flesh. Got to eat. You got to make money. I understand all of that. But when, you, when, you, when God's your God, even money, money has purpose, more purpose than value. Uh, when, when, when God is your God, uh, you, you, you see God in everything. It's like, okay, we're, we're a witness for God. I'm, in, I'm, I'm playing softball because I'm going to try to win my softball team to Christ. God's in the, smack dab in the middle of it. Um, when you're at the restaurant today, um, you know, uh, everywhere you go, God, all my heart, all my might, all my soul, all my strength, I'm not there. Are you? And if you aren't, Let's, let's start doing that. Let's all stand. We're out of time. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. And we'll be back in this passage this evening.